Hello there, this is Fiona, host and main GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. This is a bonus Q&A episode to tide us over to the next one-shot, and it is indeed a very special Q&A, as this week I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Christian Plogfor and Carl Nableus, the game designers behind Death in Space, a sci-fi tabletop role-playing game that takes you to the grimy, blue-collared future of a universe filled with risk, but also opportunity. Death in Space presents a vision of space where technology is broken and dirty, and society is harsh and desperate. The player characters make up a crew with their own spacecraft or station and take on jobs they can find in order to earn some well-needed bucks and to get ahead in the power struggles of the stellar system. Most of all, Death in Space is about surviving in an abandoned frontier system where resources are scarce and competition is fierce. It was an absolute joy to interview Christian and Carl about Death in Space and honestly, I can't wait to play my first game of it. So please, 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 if you haven't checked it out, go and check it out right now. Death in Space comes out at the end of April and is currently available for pre-order on the Free League website. I'll put links to that and to Christina Carl's other projects on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode show notes. So could you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Who are you and what do you do? So I'm uh, Carl Nibleus or Kalle uh, in Swedish. Uh, you can call me Carl. I'm uh, kind of a physicist turned uh, data scientist these days with a lifelong interest in uh, tabletop role-playing games. And uh, that's kind of my main hobby, I would say, not very surprisingly. During the days, I uh, try to analyze a lot of data for a kind of audio slash ebook subscription company. and. Uh, in the evenings, I uh, work hard on Death in Space, basically. And uh, me, uh, Christian Klopfors, uh, I'm... What am I? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a computer nerd, I guess. Uh, work with computer games. And, uh, and I've been making maps and levels for computer games. And that's kind of where it all started for me, with the role-playing games and maps and, and tables and all that. So uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing all my life. <laughs> Except from um, a break from role-playing games, I think maybe 20 years something, and then I found it again and actually realized how fun it is to play and mm. to make stuff for it. And how easy it is when you can write, just write and imagine stuff instead of having big budgets with you know uh, <laughs> computer game budgets and stuff like that. Mm. So it's pretty nice to do something a bit more low-key, maybe. That's my life, and I work... <laughs> <laughs> with death in space all the time i think I, I actually it's all the time <laughs> for, for two years now every day uh, so that's um, and if i don't write on uh, death in space it's kind of listening on music on music and stuff like that so that's taking walks in the forest <laughs> screaming at the, the at the space i don't know i was about to say that sounds like the dream and then you said screaming at space and i was like okay i'll, I'll retract <laughs> that a little bit <laughs> Both of you have sort of mentioned there that you both have been influenced or have, you know, regular role players. And even you say, Christine, that people ha you know, haven't had a break yourself for 20 years. What got you into doing role playing games in general? And if you did have a break, why was that, do you think? For me, it was um, because of the C64 computer. When I got that at home, I couldn't stop using that site and I <laughs> left the uh, pen and paper and stuff. And um, I think it was 
when a friend wanted to play some role-playing games. And then I found that feeling you got when you were young and actually was playing and then and you had that when you have so fun with your friends and you imagine stuff and you're sitting around the table and you get that kind of magical flow when you when you talk to each other and you're just laughing and screaming at each other. It's just pure fun. <laughs> so then then I couldn't stop. I uh, we needed to keep on playing and and after a while you started want to change stuff with the rules and after mm-hmm. that can't stop. <laughs> I would say for me, I didn't really have a break, uh, but I had a, kind of a long period where I didn't have so much fun with the uh, role-playing games. Uh, I had my old group that I had always played with, but uh, we had kind of different priorities, you know, people getting in their 20s, moving away to study. And uh, I was a bit frustrated that people didn't want to play as much as I wanted to or uh, things like that. So, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so about... 10 years ago or something, I started uh, looking for other people and uh, exploring kind of the, the world of role-playing games a, a lot more, mm. uh, reading a lot more games and just uh, finding more people to uh, to play with and uh, seeing how other people uh, kind of uh, yeah. handled the games. Would you say you're both more players or, or GMs or a bit of both? Uh, for me, it's not as a player. I'm really new for, I mean, being a GM. Uh, but when I started, I couldn't stop because it was just like how I was making games. I mean, mm. right. I had to create so much like worlds and stories. And I kind of have a hard time to go back now. Mm. <laughs> there are some GMs that I like to play with. So uh, I always try to play with them. But it's so fun to be a GM for your friends. I, I, I think I prefer being a GM. I kind of uh, gone the other way around. I, I was this kind of constant GM in my old group. Uh, mm. And then uh, when I found other people, I, I uh, started being more the, the player. Kind of, uh, seeing how other people GM'd was really interesting, actually. Mm. Uh, I also played quite a lot of uh, these kind of GM-less or GM-full mm. games, uh, which was also really interesting to just think about the various roles you can have around the table. With. Yeah, gymless games really sort of change that dynamic. That it's not one person because I always think that the GM is obviously is a player as well. They just they have the final say on stuff. But then a GMless one, it just sort of I don't know. It it just (laughs) it's just that change in status where then everyone's on the same level. And I don't know. It's it's a weird weird respect thing as well. There's so much value in GMless games. Uh, Just you know, and there's so like you said, there's so much fun and so different. But it Mm. it does. I always takes that one person to go. Shall we try this? And then someone reads that report, and they are GM, but also. <laughs> they're a player. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit. Yeah. I think I've been inspired quite a lot by these uh, types of games that I kind of uh, kind of want to flatten the hierarchy in the traditional around the gaming table in the traditional world of role playing games. So kind of make sure that everyone participates more on the on the same level, and that you're not kind of expecting someone, the GM, to do a lot more, or mm. as a yeah. player also have the kind of the the possibility to add things and uh, kind of help shape the, the world. And to be honest, I think it's easier to be a GM because, at least in my groups, because you say just say something and they just take that and run with it and then you just point <laughs> <in action. laughs> uh, I guess the hard thing is when they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you go to a con, it's a bit harder to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've done a, a bit of that too. Yeah, that's yeah. a different experience, definitely. So what kind of games are you two sort of really into? Obviously, I know we'll come on to Death and Space in a second, but like, what are games that make you go, oh, that's such a good story? Like, you know, like obviously we talked a bit about GMless games, but is there a particular genre or a particular rule system that you both like? 
I'm a bit all over the place. I think I, I like when games have kind of a a design idea and that they kind of uh, there's something else than just uh, a bunch of put together rules. When there's some kind of design idea that someone uh, has wanted to explore. But I would say I'm mainly into rules light games. That's kind of the overarching thing for me. That it's uh, I don't like when there's a lot of rules. I like to have a, kind of a more free uh, conversation around the table and not. Uh, have to uh, kind of go back and forth between pages of rules and uh, look at that. Uh, but it could be, I mean, in terms of themes, it could be anything from uh, adventure-focused dungeon crawling to, uh, you know, more drama-focused story games. Mm-hmm. Although I would say it's mainly the kind of adventure, dungeon crawl, OSR kind of games that I'm uh, following or kind of uh, interested in today. But I try to kind of keep up with what's going on in the in the scene in general. And I, I guess for me it's almost the same, but um, I sometimes I like those really, really crunchy games also when you have to sit with numbers and <laughs> and figure out stuff. But not when I'm a GM. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, then, it, then it's just enough to have a, you have a story. Um, mm. But all games where if you are, it's where the rules is not in the way of having fun. Maybe that's more of a player style when you ask questions to the players. That's also... Mm. Uh, but simple mechanics and uh, it's always nice. I just want to pick up on what you just said there, like asking questions of the players and stuff. I, I do this mm. rule when I'm when I'm running an adventure, when we're starting out to get them sort of engaged, I always like, you know, it's usually they're on a boat somewhere. I don't know, because I just want it, <laughs> I just don't want it to be in a tavern, right? And I'll I'll ask them what's one thing you notice whilst mm. you're on this uh-huh. journey. And I have to put in the caveat said so that's not gonna disrupt the journey but something that you've noticed and it was just really interesting because then we could build up the world around it it was very sort of sparse painting but certainly the game i got introduced to this idea and it was a call of cthulhu game and it's just the idea we could literally put in little bits of tropes or little bit of horror stuff which was just you know in a horror game you're like these things are building attention, but they're not the story. You know, you're not like what's behind this tree or something like that, but it could be like, yeah. oh, you realize that this flower, it's yellow and there's a, and suddenly there's more and more yellow throughout the whole forest and all that sort of thing. And it's just, I always like asking questions of players to add that little bit of narrative or a little bit of flavor and stuff. Cause mm. then they are suddenly sort of invested in like, oh, well, if this is true, what else is true? And I just build up on it. That, But I have had to put in the caveat that it doesn't change where they're going. Cause that happens all the time. They're like, there's a big store. But I go, no, <laughs> there's, there's that, that back and forth. Obviously you both have sort of contributed to making death in space. Let's just, just talk about death in space then. So if people have been living under a rock, what is death in space and how does it stand out from other tabletop RPGs out there? Million dollar question. Yes. <laughs> I think it's the main thing is probably the setting uh, of the world uh, and uh, how it's connected. Well, the setting, that's that's the main thing that stands out. Yeah. But it's uh, kind of uh, a game where we try to, uh, as you say, uh, get the setting to uh, reverberate through everything in the book. So we mm. kind of everywhere where we can, we try to use uh, the important parts of the setting to uh, kind of uh, inspire the table entries or gear lists or things like that. That's something we've worked a lot with, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes it stand out? I mean, I guess uh, just how the book looks is visually is a bit different than many other games. And on the inside, it's kind of a rule engine, which is a simple D20 OSR similar system, but with uh, maybe a little bit more than uh, the lightest uh, versions of those games. Yeah, that, that's the thing. We um, 
we want to find a, a space, no pun intended, <laughs> um, that we are alone. I don't mean that in, in, in a unique way, but more like um, the amount of uh, setting and rules and everything we do. We're trying to find something between the games that are out there. Mm. Uh, and maybe some people don't see that, or maybe people see that, but that's how we feel for it, for the game, at least, that mm. we're trying to make something light and then go to the edge of of being too much and then go back a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Too much is probably not so much for a lot of people, by the way. Yeah, for us. For us. No, for us. I, yeah. I, again, for me, reading through your book, again, as you sort of said, yeah, obviously the book itself is visually stunning and it will definitely check out. But I think for me, like you sort of touched on it a little bit, the idea of loneliness the way it's sort of portrayed for it, and I, you feel that with every page, this idea that, you know, when when you're talking about sci-fi games in general, you know, you think, oh, alien battles, you know, mm. Star Wars, Star Trek, that sort of thing. And now you sort of, it feels like it's a dystopian in space, that sort of thing where everything is it's gone to shit. Uh, and mm. slowly the world is breaking around you. And mm. you're just basically, yeah. you're playing these characters who are just clinging and just trying to, to survive and to get through. And it, that, exactly. I think, comes across in every single page you guys have done. I know you've drawn lots of you know, inspiration from various films and stuff, but there definitely is that sense of the alienness of it, obviously. I know we'll, we'll, we might talk about the, the void point system and all the, the ideas of sort of mutation stuff. It just feels that sort of, it goes beyond, for me, beyond the sci-fi japes of, say, Doctor Who or, or, or Star Trek. You know, there is places for that sort of thing, I would say, but there's definitely a sense of, like, this is beyond... Even so, it's not even. I wouldn't even say it was horror. It's that sort of thing, like a 2001: A Space Odyssey. I think I did that bit at the end where it's just like these things are so mm. big and it's awe-inspiring, but it's it's terrifying. But there's just all these emotions or something. And I, I felt I felt that a lot reading about sort of the the void itself and the you know this decaying system and stuff. And I just thought it was such a powerful thing. I've not come across a a sci-fi setting like it is like round that thing. So a kudos, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, right. <laughs> nice so, to hear. But it like, sounds very much like uh, what we actually have. Well, yeah, cause like you said, it's I, and I really appreciate that you were saying that. Yeah, it's a, a rules light OSR kind of game, but with a very heavy. <laughs> The setting and it allows you to do that narrative story thing and i think that's so important for, for nowadays when we are writing or well, writing rpgs but also playing rpgs i think a lot of people want to have the ability to tell these stories and you're right there are places to have that sort of that crunchy number stuff but sometimes people just want to tell a story about loss and hopelessness and the void and so yeah that, that's what i got across from from I, I, I don't think it's a secret but we have um at least I have had a core in the game, and that's everything is chaos in the whole world. And you have one thing, and that's your family, mm. uh, that's your crew, and and the, the the people around your table, and mm. your strength. So survive. So, so that 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 pretty much a core we had when 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 we made the game. Mm. That's why the first adventure in the book is not about monsters. It's not about uh, combat in that way. Mm. Uh, it's more about tension and more about the thing with relationships and uh, lost friends and happy to that, that you can see that in the book <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I, and what i think is interesting as well you've obviously you've got the character creation and then you've got sort of the spacecraft or space hub creation as well and i loved how again you you sort of talked about it this idea of like you want to do exploring and this political intrigue and stuff yes and you, you know spacecraft makes sense because you're zipping around but the idea that if you want to do more social stuff like a hub mm that is also a valid option. And so I, I actually, it made me think about, again, 
going back to my Star Trek analogy, but obviously like Deep Space Nine, they're just, you know, it's just big space station and all the stuff happens there. You know, again, it's that talking with your players, like what do they want out of this? It's such a mm. an interesting system that you can have these stories, you can have the, you know, you've got this backstory of the, the gem war and all that sort of thing happening. And do you, you know, do you want to play be big players in this thing, or do you want to actually p- play the other people with have the conflict still in the background? So yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. And having so again, not many. I know there's a couple of games that do that sort of what's the word the hideout creation where they you know that's their space and building up from mm. there. And I quite I quite like that as a because again mm. I don't think I've seen that with a space or a sci-fi theme per se. So I thought that was no, quite maybe a, not. Thing, so. so that could be like yeah, it, it's a little bit inspired by for me at least by this uh, game by Free League called uh, Mutant Year Zero where you have mm. this arc. Uh, where your mutants live, uh, but a lot of other mutants live in this arc as well. And uh, there are, you know, uh, lots of hierarchies and people mm. you have to uh, do a favor for this uh, guy and uh, to make sure that you're not uh, getting in the way of something or, yeah, mm-hmm. this kind of uh, social intrigue and uh, drama. That, that's uh, something that I wanted to have also in this game. Maybe you're translating that to being uh, in a colony somewhere on a mm. far off planet or. Uh, and that colony is basically where you're spending most of the time, but you have your own little part of this colony, which is your hub, and uh, you have to kind of fight, or maybe not fight, but uh, discuss and uh, socially at least fight with uh, all the people who run this colony and what they what they want and what you want, and yeah, that kind of scenario. Mm. You, you you can't escape your problems. That's uh... Mm. With a station, you, you are stuck there. <laughs> you can't choose yeah. your family, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> so that's true. When you were obviously creating this book and coming up with the things up from sort of obviously initial pitch to sort of the end, obviously, I know with the Kickstarter and stuff, for both of you, what was the favorite part of it? I know there's always there's always obstacles, there's always writer's block, and you know, not, not getting there, but what was your favorite part of creating Death in Space? Uh, hard question. <laughs> you, and you can't say all of it because that's a cheating answer. No, no, I would definitely <laughs> not say all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a lot of struggle, uh, but that's also the thing. I mean, it's um, it, it should be a struggle. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think holding just holding the book in my hand and that was, of course, uh, a really big feeling and a very nice feeling. Flicking through the pages and uh, seeing this holographic foil on the outside. I mean, that was a really nice feeling. But also just kind of, you know, when you're done with the (laughs) project. So done for us was kind of when we sent it off to the printer, because after that, the interior of the book at least couldn't be changed so much. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that was also a really nice feeling, like when you're kind of nailed down, this is the text and this is how it's going to be. And let's just uh, sit back and uh, feel good about that, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That was also a nice feeling, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So basically, being done with it. Being done with it. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> no, no. It's uh, there are some other parts as well in the process itself that were nice, of course. I mean, the most fun for me is it's actually escaping into the world when mm-hmm. when you're writing it and you start adding some pillars that actually make sense, and then you can kind of escape yourself in it. It feels really nice to understand it and. Um, and you reach that point where everything's starting yeah. to make sense. So that's mm. um, that's a that's a point in the project where I actually had the most fun when you can't stop right. Everything just feels so mm. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a couple of these kind of aha moments where we uh, think of something in the setting or in the rule mechanics or uh, some kind of table or I don't know uh, different pieces of the book where we just kind of 
realized that wow this is a great idea let's mm -hmm. go for this yeah and that's a really nice feeling when you just kind of when it just all sort of clicks and you're like this yeah, actually, yeah exactly when you're in the zone and you're not just kind of uh constantly doubting whether things are <laughs> what you want them to be or not actually from the beginning of death in space i i sat on the um, on the train to work uh, like 40 minutes uh, every day and i told myself i need to write every day even if i don't want to mm. uh, and when you reach that point when you write and you start to actually get that flow and it feels you get so happy and you get so inspired yeah and then you need to go off and go to work <laughs> so you can't you know, that, that, that nice feeling in the end there where, where i that was really fun also in the beginning uh, of the of the project i would say one thing that we didn't mention of course is the this kickstarter project that really flew off more, a lot more than we had expected yeah that was a kind of a very big experience it's scary but also really really i don't know what the right word is but uh we were really kind of humbled and uh, mm. happy that so many people uh, wanted to support this project. That was a really special and nice feeling, actually. And that, that's why it's so nice when people get the book now. Yes. Right? Yeah. They read it and they like it, some people. <laughs> so that's nice. Because <laughs> uh, uh, it feels when, when you pack something, it, they don't know anything about the book, actually. So mm. um, and they're backing something that you can just see on the picture and trailer. So. Mm. Uh, so the, it's actually nice afterwards. Then I start believing about you know the Kickstarter instead of when it started. Because when it started, I you're a bit. Do they know what game it is? Or <laughs> and it's like the backing. Obviously, it's something like oh, I really love this idea. I want this to happen. That's why I, I do. I mean, I know Kickstarter sometimes people are like oh, but I want a T-shirt or something like that. But I think mm. ultimately, is that something when this sounds like an amazing thing and I want it to happen. And so yeah, for Death in Space to just pretty much blow quite a lot of other not all RPGs that are on Kickstarter get funded anymore. So it's there's it no. a joy to see that as well. People people do want this, and it's like they want to be able to tell stories in this way like we said with the original setting and all that sort of thing and uh, mm. people now creating modules and stuff on it i'm sure you've got like mm. people saying look we've created this for the system and stuff mm. yeah some some stuff are starting to show up yeah when you you're sort of talking about sort of uh, the writing aspect of the of rpgs in general thinking about death in space where do you both look for for inspiration for sort of throughout mm -hmm. this whole project i know obviously you've, you listed quite a few films and music and stuff like that in the the book about it but like mm -hmm. what, what was it that you you were looking for when you were writing death in space what was it that you sort of the genre you wanted to put across or what do you want to communicate across like the message i guess one thing is of course to be kind of rooted in this uh, 80s sci-fi kind of retro tech world that's kind of the aesthetic uh not really maybe the the theme uh but kind of the, the visuals <laughs> if you can say that in a mm -hmm. text game uh but then uh, in terms of themes, I think we kind of uh, get that from a little bit all over the place. So one thing is maybe Western movies, for me at least, uh, the classics. I think we have a little bit uh, different inspirations. Lots of, lots of music. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, it's, um, it's not hard to find inspiration when, you're, when there's a pand pandemic and you're kind of alone <laughs> at home and writing about being alone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, but yeah, the Western part is that's the same thing for me. Um, but we wanted some kind of contrast between. I, I don't want to use the, that space is boring, but um, it's slow mm -hmm. and lonely. Mm -hmm. Exactly, mm -hmm. slow and big and uh, kind of 
everything takes time and uh yeah i think uh, yeah. for my part of course i've been inspired by actual space <laughs> which is big and uh quite boring in many ways but uh also has some really from our perspective uh, exotic places out there like uh, you know planets made out of diamond i think we both uh, spent a lot of time on like the NASA or not only NASA but like exoplanet surveys and uh, mm. things like that just kind of trying to get inspired from how crazy our own universe can be I love that that you describe space as boring <laughs> like because it's <laughs> but it's, but it, it's true when you read death in space that because I know you've got obviously you have tables about the length of time it takes to travel across to different regions and stuff like that uh, these things take that's kind time. of uh, that's yeah. kind of adapted a little bit maybe to uh, <laughs> what's uh, possible in, in terms of game, game but but I think that's really interesting right because again that when people think of sci-fi they're like oh yeah lasers oh beating the aliens back you know uh, you know it is the marines coming to save us etc and it's not like that you know it, it, no. it's like that idealistic versus reality and actually I hadn't really considered that for a lot of the time if you're traveling it's boring <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought that was actually that's a very good point I hadn't considered that playing games about waiting or trying to get somewhere slowly and stuff like that it's like almost like a like a play in a way you know like a one-act mm. play and just like that's really fascinating using role-playing mm. games to do that sort of thing and that waiting in time because people don't people don't like waiting and again that idea of the tension building up between people and stuff like that mm. interesting that is kind of like the 2001 uh, inspiration as well which yeah. is kind of exactly exactly you know, yeah. so slow everything is very slow in that movie but so. one thing is important and that's contrast uh, after something slow it's nice to have some um, a bit uh, tempo or something um, mm -hmm. to change it. And same thing with um, if you have something with lots of using your social skills at the table, it's nice to break that off with something like combat or some call yes. in a dungeon or whatever like that. It's, I like that contrast to mix uh, with everything. And um, yeah. mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah Although yeah. it's nice to play like uh, meditation role-playing games as well. There are some out there, but uh, Mm. Yeah, it's also nice to have some kind of adventure contrast. To yeah, and, and that's what Death and Space does, right? You, you, like you said, you've got the combat obviously between player combat and then also spacecraft combat as well. Mm -hmm. And so that that and then that's interesting as well, just how that works as well. Because you could, like you said, you, you could be like, okay, we're just going to do this sort of the social bit on the on the hub, but also we could just go mm -hmm. out and so and I, I think that's it's such a good it's a sign of a good system that you can be that flexible and put those things in. So and also the combat is very succinct i will say thank god because mm -hmm. yeah I, I i know from playing other things when you're when you're in spacecraft sometimes you're just like oh god whereas i think you you guys yeah. just was like it's simple just don't don't worry about that, it uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that uh, was uh, something we worked a lot with actually yeah. this part of the system there's uh, another thing with that with um with our slow space uh, going through spaces when we both realized that when you're away for from your home or from something for 20 years because mm. of yeah. prior sleep and then you're coming back or maybe 100 years yeah. what happened after mm. that i mean everything has changed yeah. you're almost, every, all your friends could be dead mm. <laughs> all your family everything has changed so yeah and when we realized that that could start building on top of that that we had comp uh, like uh, unions um, mm. to stop that people are losing their lives because of long traveling and you know 
again, we've sort of mentioned it a little bit, but so obviously one of the big highlights of the book is that it's got so much beautiful art pieces and the sort of the way it's laid out is again, you were sort of saying that sort of very sort of reminiscent of sort of the, the 80s sort of alien sort of graphics and sort of the topography, sort of cartography even. Um, do you have a particular favorite bit or like an art piece of the book, or is it like choosing like one of your children and you're like, no, it's all it's all great? <laughs> The cover, I like the cover. <laughs> uh, okay, go for the easy answer. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's it is a great cover. But uh, and um, the spread with uh, actually the system because it has so much mm. stuff. You we have the some companies, we have unions, we have, and you see the, all the planets, and you we know what's on the planets. So that's that's nice mm. to see. Yeah, maps are always uh, evoking a lot of uh, ideas. But otherwise, I mean, I'm really happy with some of the art we got from Matthias, for example, one of the artists, uh, like the the one on the page 110, so this Epoch Spaceport, which was mm. really oh, yes. when I saw it the first time. It's so much, uh, it has so much detail, which it's I gorgeous. Yeah, that, that's really sort of like. that's the sort of thing you'd have on a background or even like a poster somewhere. It's such a, yeah. an incredible, yeah, it's so detailed in design. And it's, yeah, the white against the black is just incredible. Yeah, we, mm. we talked to Matthias and he, he got the setting directly. Yeah, yes. It was so nice to see something and it was just spot on what we one way what we wanted. Really nice to work with yes. those artists that actually understand how, how, mm. how we want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Instantly the artists just sort of get it. Uh, that you yeah. know as when you're like, yes, <laughs> your 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 setting assistant is strong enough that they've just taken it and run with it and created beautiful art with it. This is always good. Mm. What would you say is your sort of big tip or sort of main advice to any GM who's about to start running Death in Space for the first time? I would say that first start with reading the rules. That's always good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, ask questions. Let them be a part of uh, creating the character because everybody likes that. And the, the spacecraft or space station. So so they get involved. What's important in the game? And the players. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then then to have fun before uh, our rules. Our rules is just there to for the setting and for for the game, so you can you can play, but you should never be afraid to just you know do something else instead because you like it. <laughs> kind of read the rules, but uh, maybe don't ignore you don't them. Don't have to follow them. Dogmatic, mm -hmm. uh, also, yeah. Read the rules and break them. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, say we have a couple of like principles that we like mm. about the setting that uh, we think feel are kind of important part of the setting. Yes. If you Want to follow those? So like, uh, remember to convey that things are broken. That uh, you know, there's recently been a war actually in this uh, stellar system, and as we have talked about, traveling takes time and things like this. I really uh, like those principles because they are like a, almost like a primer. And thing, if you were if you weren't sure, like if you knew the solar system but you were about to go in and stuff, like that, I think mm -hmm. each of them are, are just very valuable. So because they just it like encapture that original setting so so well. I like this idea that everything is recycled, nothing is new, and the gem war and stuff like that. I thought they were really good. Yeah. There's one question. I mean, something I need to tell your players before you play Death in Space that um, they should be careful. Because <laughs> 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 it's deadly. <laughs> that, that's it. It's, it's deadly. It's Death in Space. And yeah. space is boring, yeah. so be careful. Is that... <laughs> I mean, space doesn't care about you. So true. Yeah, that's true. Oh, brutal. Obviously, you've both created an amazing book that's about to come out, and you know you've worked so hard on it. What do you think now? Because obviously, you've worked on this for so long, like over the last two years. 
what do you think the tabletop RPG scene for you guys will look like in sort of 10 years time? You know, like, are you seeing any particular trends or are you just happy to just, just be a part of it? Difficult question. Yes, uh, I know. I know. You're kind of in the middle of it. I think a lot has happened in the last 10 years. So 10 years ago, I was all about like getting into the OSR. Today, the OSR is kind of branched out into a lot of different things and I'm not sure it even exists anymore. So that's probably going to continue. Probably nothing will change for me because nothing has changed for 30 years. <laughs> when I, started. <laughs> I think I started when I was 10 and I, I still like the exactly the same thing, both with my friends and I still like making tables, writing, uh, making worlds. It's I, And I actually went back to to my old stuff and when I was 10. I don't, I, the thing is, I don't like war, but I actually like painting guns. <laughs> It's it's fun to make something that's square, and I uh, you know it's I understand it, and it's something I always done when I when I was little I did it, and I I'm still I still like it. Um, yeah, I would guess that I mean in the ten years, I mean we already see that people are starting to uh, like make online tools to help you in your gaming, but and that will probably continue. But I have a feeling that some people will kind of stick to uh, pen and paper and print and. I was kind of all into uh, using a, a computer all the time at the gaming table, but now I've kind of gone away from that because uh, yeah. I don't like the the mindset I get into. Like I find it easier to focus on the game when I only have uh, you know a couple of papers in front of me or and a book. You know, maybe there will be this kind of uh, counter culture. <laughs> Ooh, a renaissance back to pen and paper. Interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah maybe. Yeah, well, a lot of the people in this uh, scene also really like uh, printed stuff, you know, because they mm. like the feeling of holding something nice printed, uh, designed mm. in your hand. I definitely uh, see that as well. Yeah, like, um, you know, everyone funded the Kickstarter, but they didn't all pick PDFs. They want the actual... No, exactly, hold, you know? yeah. So no, I completely That's agree probably going to continue to kind of... Yeah. Separate into two. I, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Like, uh, digital tools have been amazing and have opened up role playing stuff, but I think people do want to go back in person. And I do think, yeah, this, it's something about having your phone at the table constantly mm. can be a bit of a distraction. And like you said, you get into a different mindset and maybe you're not concentrating fully. I do think there's mm. something joyous about just having a piece of paper. And then if you need to look yeah. something up, taking that moment to look through the book that is there. And, and, yeah. and especially if you're doing character creation as well, it's, it's always such a I always think of it as a group thing. And certainly what you've done with Death in Space, the idea that, you know, you're doing this stuff and then you're creating stuff together. I like the idea that you're, again, in person. I know you can do this online as well, but I just, I know it's Definitely online gaming will continue. And a lot of people really, really like that. I think more or less all of us probably tried it if we hadn't before already during the pandemic. So I did, and I think, uh, yeah, most of us had to for some reason, because yeah. that was the only way. <laughs> the, the, the content will probably change, because I mean, the, there's more and more people that's joining, and you get more and more uh, different kind of products. So mm. you get this more diverse content that's for everybody. Mm. Uh, as in the beginning, it was mainly for certain people, <laughs> nerdy people, and now it's starting to get a bit more um, open for everybody. So that's, that's, that's pretty mm. nice to mm. see more and more people that can join. So okay. I hope I hope we get even more stuff like that. So 
Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I guess obviously you, your depth in space is, is going to be out soon. Do you have any other plans for the future? Any other projects in the work that you can talk about? I appreciate I asked that you've just <laughs> finished a massive project. So instantly everyone's like, what's happening next? It's like, can you not just enjoy this? But I, do you have any plans that you can talk about or any any like RPG plans? Are you just going to try and just enjoy playing more now that you've got a little bit more free time or are you just going to still keep writing on something? I will probably um, at least play Death in Space. That's that's cool. because we, <laughs> we we made it for us. Yes. Uh, so um, and um, we we working so on one adventure at least. I'm having fun with that. So uh, hopefully we can release that soon. <laughs> but it's so fun writing. So uh, mm-hmm. it will expand a bit. But um, and then we have some other plans. I, it's you actually said those plans before, uh, Kalle. Call. <laughs> but uh, about no, never mind. We'll, maybe it's a secret. I don't know. <laughs> about the, the system. Right. The okay. Now we can keep that. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it's so secret actually. Yeah, <laughs> but doesn't matter. Yeah, very cryptic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for both of us, I mean, I think we kind of have to keep writing stuff for the game because we have so much. Uh, that we have so many ideas that we want to mm-hmm. do something with. So I have like three or four parallel projects that are kind of not too far <laughs> in the process yet. But uh, yeah, I, I like to make uh, like scenarios. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what I will probably focus on. But I also like kind of uh, making tools, generators, things like that. I think mm-hmm. it's quite hard to do them well, but uh, I think they're very helpful as uh, as a GM. And as a, you know, when you play the game, to have these kind of tools to help you create locations, uh, groups, uh, uh, scenarios. The system we created, all the planets, they are made in a way so we can keep on building on it. Mm. So every time I see a planet, I want to make something for that planet. So I would like to do something for each planet because I, I, I like all locations. Um, mm-hmm. and we have a planet called Amissa um, mm. that, that's uh, in the desert with a... Um, a city in the desert there um, called the Block. Mm. And I really, really would like to write lots of stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you have a, a couple of ideas for that particular place. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, some things that is a bit different also. Um, mm. That um, that's not not about combat. <laughs> um, so yeah. um, so that's that's I'm looking forward for that. That's I like I like the I like uh, detective stories. So. That would be nice. Mm, right, yeah, yeah, kind of noir detective. That's true. We've Very talked cool. about that a lot. That sounds honestly sounds really exciting. I I can't wait. We've got planned a Death in Space game very soon, so I'm really excited to play it and stuff. So thank you so much for joining me for this interview. Um, just my final question is, uh, where can we find your work? If you're on social media, where can we find Death in Space? Where can we order it from? Uh, lots of uh, <laughs> places. Uh, you, can, you can find Death in Space in lots of places. Uh, so all the social media accounts, I guess. Uh, Death, in Death in Space RPG, I think. It's the Instagram and Twitter as well. I think we're quite active on Instagram, or we try to be. Uh, or <laughs> we have a website where we post kind of the important news and things like that. Uh, deathinspace.com. And then you can order the game right now. You can pre-order it at uh, Free League website, so freeleaguepublishing.com. You can always, always just scream out in the space, and we will probably. Yeah, oh my yeah, god! 
yeah. yeah, but what if something else screams back? That's uh, that's, yeah, not, that's not that's, death that's, in space. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to find out. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining me, and I, uh, congratulations on an amazing book. I can't wait to to play it, and I can't wait for other people to experience and read about it and just marvel about how beautiful it is. So thank you very much. I'm hoping to do more of these special Q&A bonus episodes in the future, including Q&As on the one-shots we've run here at What Am I Rolling? If you have a question or think of an RPG designer you'd like to see interviewed on this podcast, let us know. Our email address is whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Great. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>